Hi, I'm Kristen. And I'm Mike. And we're lost in the Sunnydale Stacks. This is the Sunnydale Stacks, where every other week we immerse ourselves in the world of Sunnydale, California, and review two episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. This week, we're dusting off Ted and Bad Eggs. And also this week, we have super special guests. This week, we have Frankie and Rufus. Welcome, Frankie and Rufus. Uh, Thanks for having us, guys. Hello. Hello. If y'all have been sleeping in a cave, (laughs) Frankie and Rufus wrote us a theme song. So they're our very special favorite yeah, fans, I think. Yeah, that's I, I definitely there's there's nobody that's that's topped that as far as like response to the show. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> oh, you make us blush. Aw, thank it you. It was something to do. <laughs> <laughs> so Frank and Rivers have like some amazing like a, an amazing repertoire of songs. Like you guys are mm-hmm. legit amazing in terms of songwriters. Oh, thank you. Appreciate that. And you just guys just had a new album come out. Yes, it's called uh, What's Your Name, What's Your Story. And we just released it on July 29th. Excellent. And where can we find that? Uh, you guys can find it on frankieandrufus.com. All the info's nice. there. Excellent. Great. You can also find their song, The Sunnydale Stacks, there, which yeah. we're yes. particular <laughs> fans of. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Also, yeah. a cool little tidbit for this certain podcast is uh, mm-hmm. we got Buffy alumnus Adam Bush to play drums and melodica on our album. Everyone would remember him as Warren. Warren Mears. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so exciting, but also I hate Warren. So oh, I'm no. oh, no, he's, he's so sweet. I don't know, Adam is a really, sure really great so guy. he's so nice in real life. <laughs> he does a very good job in the show of making me hate him. Oh, no. he gets that a lot. He does, yeah, but no, he's great in real life. He's, yeah, he's a sweetheart. That's excellent. <laughs> as a way of introducing yourselves to our fans... Can you guys tell us how you became fans of Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Yeah, I um, caught reruns on FX after school sometimes. And I would only catch like the last 10 minutes for maybe a couple weeks straight. And it was season four and I was just getting like, I need to know what the story is. I'm just catching 10 minutes of it. So I just decided to buy a a box set of season four. Not thinking I was going to get into the show, but just like I need to know what's going on. And then I ended up buying the rest of them and binged like crazy. I just nice. fell in love with it. Yeah, as for me, um, I was kind of a, not a really a fair weather fan, but I will watch the reruns on UPN. You know, I was a teenager. I see Michelle, I see Michelle Trachtenberg and <laughs> I'm, I wouldn't change the channel, you know. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm gonna reserve judgment. I was a boy anyway. He was so. a boy. <laughs> not anymore. It's not like now. <laughs> but yeah, so I would like, uh, watch an episode here and there. Funny, cause Ted was one of those few episodes that I did see that, t- during that time frame. So I kind of remember seeing John Ritter back then. And then I really didn't watch until I met her and she just got me into it. She let me borrow the first DVD to the first season. I went home thinking maybe I'm going to watch an episode. I came back the next day like, okay, give me this too. I need this too. <laughs> he was so well done, Frankie. Yeah. <laughs> right. I needed to recruit him. He was good people. So <laughs> yeah. I knew he'd like it. Why do you think this show spoke to you personally? 
honestly, I'm a sucker for great writing. You know, I like shows that can be dramatic, funny, intelligent, and Buffy has like all those different layers of intelligence in the stories. And like Rufus, he showed me Dead Like Me. It's something similar. It's just something in the writing that's so intelligent that I just fell for immediately. So good. Yeah, and I've always just kind of been a fan of that type of world, something just totally out there, totally not concrete or real like what we have in the real world. I grew up watching like Star Trek The Next Generation and Ooh. stuff like that. Mm, so yeah. Voyager, so Buffy is pretty much it's in the same path, you know, it's in that same part of my brain where it's like, okay, forget the reality, drop all your seriousness and just what if there was magic or spaceships or <laughs> just do something totally different than what what we're told we're supposed to do every day, you know? Yeah. I was talking to someone recently about um so I'm I'm a big reader and I'm particularly only interested in historical fiction. Mm. And someone told me recently that they can't, they couldn't read a particular book because it, it took place in a completely different time and a completely different culture. So they couldn't relate. I was like, I don't understand anything you just said. Yeah. It's so much more interesting to me when it, the culture and the time is totally different. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. I know <laughs> it's addicting to watch too, man. Very much so. So I want to talk to you guys for a second about the song you wrote for mm. us, the Sunnydale Stacks, because we just love it. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Not to be totally self-centered, but we just love to it's, listen to it. I mean, I get a lot of songs uh, written about me and what I do, so I mean, <laughs> one of the better ones of those. Just another just, day at the office, you yeah, know? Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah we, uh, we're hanging out at our friend's house. She uh, She plays drums with us normally. And I just randomly started strumming chords, oh. made the chorus. I hit the chords. You hit the chorus? I was doing the chorus. I did I the chorus. Remember. Yeah, I started strumming the chords, and then you started playing lead. And... See, we just, we changed instruments with each other so much, I forget. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I just started spitting out the chorus, and then all of a sudden our eyes just lit up like, yep, we got to write one. And we didn't have any, like, podcast history to sing about, so we just started <laughs> singing about stuff that happens on Buffy. <laughs> uh, yeah. I feel like you guys wrote that, like... Maybe after our first episode came out. Yeah. So it's yeah. mostly about Buffy and not about like Mike and I, but that's yeah. great because all we talk about is Buffy. Yeah. Yeah. Versus <laughs> right? like the Hey Do You Remember song, there's plenty of running jokes from the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> sure. We didn't we didn't have any of that to work with. So <laughs> I mean I could have made it up, but I didn't know if you guys would like that. Okay. <laughs> didn't we have to follow that as right? our exactly. we Exactly. match like okay, after two years of the podcast running, we have to match the song that Frankie and Rufus wrote. <laughs> That'd be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Reverse engineering inside jokes. <laughs> That'll be great. Mike brushes his mustache every morning. No, I'm just, kidding. Do it. just making things up. Do now. it. Do it. Now do just it, Mike. Brush your mustache. Just brush him. Do it. He's doing... With his finger. <laughs> I'm not liking this uh, song too much. Oh. The original version better. Let's just talk about the show. <laughs> All right, let's head into the Sunnydale stacks and open the books on Ted. After the death of Spike and Drusilla, or maybe, maybe not, I don't know, (laughs) the Scoobies are enjoying some much-needed quiet time. The Order of Taraka is off the case. We're guessing this is because the person who hired them is dead. 
Mm-hmm. They don't really outwardly say that, but no. maybe, I'm, just, I'm assuming. It's also very clear that that was ADR, like additional dialogue that they added later, because it's all on the back of their heads of like, well, is that order of assassination gone? Yes, it is. It's. Hmm. I, I noticed that, that that felt very uh, awkward to me early on. It was like, oh, they realized that people are going to notice that there was a uh, order of assassins that will not stop that stopped. So when they get to the Summer's house, something is wrong. Here, something's going on. Dun, dun, dun. Buffy hears glass breaking and rushes to find... <gasps> John Ritter! John Ritter! Joyce making out with John Ritter. Mm-hmm. So who here was a Three's Company fan? When I was really little, I remember watching it with my parents. Me too. I didn't understand what was going on because I was like four, but yeah. I did yeah. watch it. <laughs> Yeah, I think that was definitely a show that I watched on, you know, Nick and Night or whatever it was you're running on. And I didn't understand most of the jokes because they're all, I mean, it's mostly sex jokes. And <laughs> a lot of that I was just like, oh, I don't know. Th- those guys seem fun. I don't think I've, to this day, ever seen an episode of mm-hmm. Freeze Company. But I was very aware of John Ritter. Yeah. And I don't know why. <laughs> like, how did problem I know child? that he... I was going to say, yeah, a problem mm-hmm. child, maybe? Oh, maybe, probably, mm-hmm. yeah, sure. That. I still think I've never seen Three's Company. Well, we know what the next Hey Do You Remember episode's going to be. There you go. <laughs> Got it. Uh, so the other weird thing about that to me is that I'm really bad with actors' names. Like, someone mm. might say Sarah Michelle Gellar, and I'll be like, who's that? Like, <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> bad, bad, bad with actors' names. But I know who John Ritter is. So that, to me, just adds to the mystery of how do I know yeah. Who John Ritter is. Maybe from the Mickey's 60th birthday episode? Anyone? Yes? I don't, uh, know, I don't know what that is. No. Oh my god, that was such a big thing for me as a kid. I'm still determined to find other people who... I don't even know if feels I was like alive. it might have been on ABC. <laughs> Stop it, you babies. <laughs> I mean, I'm 20. Y'all are old. This is like what out American uh, Summer where... In order to play a teenager, you have to be progressively older. That's me. Never been kissed. I am uh, Drew Barrymore. (laughs) Man, I don't love her. (laughs) So John Ritter plays Ted, Mm -hmm. Joyce's new computer software salesman boyfriend. So he bakes. Mm -hmm. So Xander loves him. Mm -hmm. And he gives out free computer software upgrades. So Willow loves him. Makes her squeal. I was like laughing because a nine gigabyte hard drive was seen as like such a good thing back then. I was laughing at the stack of floppy disks. (laughs) Got a mad stack of floppies. Oh my god, my phone has 16 gigs on it right now. (laughs) Oh, poor Willow. I still have, not floppy disks, but the three and a half inch disks. Okay. Right? I still have, like, a stack of those that have old college papers on them because mm-hmm. uh, obviously someone's going to want to know about um, theater history and my opinions on it mm-hmm. in the next couple of years. That's <laughs> a necessity that I keep those. Yeah, that should I'm be saying. a library of Congress. Obviously. But I don't have a computer that can read those anymore. <laughs> I don't even have a computer with a, uh, a CD drive anymore. I still do. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That will come in handy. Mm-hmm. I'm running Windows 7 and I still feel behind the times. <laughs> so Buffy is the only person that is not taking the train to Ted Mountain. 
Buffy says she's okay with it. But later, she's clearly taking her frustration out on a vamp. Mm-hmm. So this choreography is great. She beats the shit out of him yeah. with a trash can lid. She, I mean, she's going to town, and I love it. <laughs> and I like the contrast between them of, like, her being emotional and violent, mm-hmm. and he being so collected and, like, barely moving. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Buffy, I, I really think it's staking time now, yes? <laughs> Very British. I also like her, her how her rant against vamps eventually morphs into one about Ted. Yeah. Uh, this is yet another quote I use in everyday life. I believe the subtext here is rapidly becoming the text. text. Yeah. I still say that all the time. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to start saying that now. Yeah, I mean, it's appropriate in mm-hmm. a lot of situations. Yes. Mm-hmm. So the next day at school, Willow and Xander believe Buffy's lack of love for Ted has less to do with Ted himself and more to do with Buffy not being ready for her mom to date. So their conversation is interrupted by the man himself. Ted invites them all to go out for a mini golf. So when I was in high school, there were three things that we did all the time. Bowling, billiards, and mini golf. Yes. Anyone else? Was this a general, like, teenage experience? Yep. I went miniature golfing a lot. Mm. I loved it. High school. I don't talk about high school. (laughs) (laughs) Man of mystery. Mm-hmm. He hasn't even told me. No. <laughs> yeah. Were you like Ripper? Were you into black magic and orgies? Oh, dear. Yeah, if you consider spray cans black magic. But we're not here to talk about that. <laughs> that was the name of the color on the spray can. Yeah. Black, black magic. Yeah. I spent my years at Bullwinkles. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good name for a magic golf place. Right? Family Fun Center. Video games, mini golf. Yep. Go-karts. The whole nine yep. yards. Mm-hmm. Yep. I feel like I, I, I was very deprived of mini golf. I did not play much mini golf uh, growing up. Not that I'm like doing it every weekend now. Uh, <laughs> but it, it's definitely... Well, why not? <laughs> yeah, it's something that I, I, I feel like I wish I had done more of because it's still fun, but I... I wish I could have done it more when it was really amazing to do mini golf, where it's like, look at all these holes. Now it's kind of like, oh, that's pretty neat. Oh, dear. Look at all these holes? Yeah, I know. Oh, boy. <laughs> here we go. That's what I can't do. You go, Mike. Yeah. Look at all those holes. That's how you play magic golf. <laughs> Get some balls and some holes. Oh, dear. <laughs> Don't forget the stick. Oh, <laughs> oh no. No, no. And we're 12. Yep. <laughs> Officially. What do you about? These are conversations I have in my everyday life all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so miniature golf was like a regular date experience for mm-hmm. me. It was either going to be basically bowling or miniature golf. Both super sexy. Both super sexy. Both I was obviously very good at. No. (laughs) And, like, I'm fine with that. I'm perfectly fine with being goofy at sports that I'm bad at. But I feel like I always dated the type of guys that were like, let me show you how great I am at bowling. Like, yawn. Don't care. (laughs) Like, the fact that you're taking this seriously is super unattractive. We went, um, what, like a few years ago or? Uh, where was it? Like, Boomers? It, I think so. Was it that schoolhouse, oh the schoolhouse hole? There was a schoolhouse that we just <laughs> couldn't get past this round for like 15, 20 minutes. We were. <laughs> it's ridiculous. We were just like trying this, this, it's a whole miniature golf hole 
The building is like a little schoolhouse, and we just could not get past it to save our life. I mean, the line behind us is crazy. <laughs> Would you say that they schooled you? Ah. Uh, the last time Chris and I went, um, there's a miniature golf place in the park. But my birthday is right around where it's barely warming up outside. But I always want to do things outside because, like, in May in Chicago, sixty degrees, and you're like, "Yes, yeah, this time is to break pl- out the shorts." <laughs> exactly, this is time where it's it's warm. Let's play outside. That's cold, sixty degrees. <laughs> but by spring in Chicago, if it's not below <laughs> below zero, you're in shorts. It is great. Oh wow, oh, we're spoiled by California weather. <laughs> 60 yeah there was one birthday where i made like i was like chris like oh there's a miniature golf place i want to go there and it was an open and there had like there was like water effects that that weren't on like a waterfall that was just off oh. <laughs> and they were like no it's still too cold for the waterfall i was like no i'm still gonna play this <laughs> the saddest miniature golf place you're ever. playing like, it basically looks like a mad max version of miniature golf yes, everything exactly. deserted and abandoned yeah. and dry no, this is the road warrior miniature golf <laughs> escape from la <laughs> <laughs> No, it would be warmer then. Yes. <laughs> so meanwhile, Giles is trying to rekindle his relationship with Miss Calendar. Aww. She still needs space. This isn't going well. Aww, I need them to get back together. I know. They're so cute. I mean, you do get the idea that he's pestering her. Mm-hmm. And like, that's not helping. Yeah. So later, Buffy is bandaging Angel's wound from the ritual. It took me a sec here to realize why she was bandaging his... <laughs> Yeah, it looked, and, it looked like, oh, is he going to box now? Right. And then I remember like, oh, don't. So like stabbed him yeah. <laughs> through his palm. Yeah. That would hurt. And like a normal human, that might cripple you forever. Because mm-hmm. there's a million things inside your hand. Yep. Ow. <laughs> well said. <laughs> I do like the line, I don't need some new guy in my life. Well, maybe your mom does. Yeah. I feel like that's pretty wise. Sure, yeah. if you're going to be all wise about it. <laughs> well, I think it's appropriate when Angel's the wise, like, Tai Chi-loving dude, mm-hmm. yeah. because he's 200. Like, of course, he would yeah. have some words of wisdom for this 16-year-old that mm-hmm. he shouldn't be dating. <laughs> yep. I was just going to say that, <laughs> the way she was complaining. <laughs> That's exactly why you don't date underage girls, yeah. man. She's just <laughs> yakking your ear off. What do you two have in common? <laughs> it's like you date a top college girl and she's yammering out about something. You're like, oh, I'm 30. Yeah. Dude, you don't know. <laughs> Add 200 years to that. Mm-mm. <laughs> you must have horrible back problems. I'm, what? Just Sex? Like being, being that old. Like, just like, you know, you get older, your back starts to hurt. If you're 200-something, it's going to be killing you. But his body is that of a... 18 year old. You told me that season five of Angel that he's 18 years old. I mean, no, he's young. Clearly aging. It makes me think of the, um, you know, they always show photos of the presidents mm-hmm. that, like, they age so much in the oh, yeah. four or eight years that they are in office. Same goes for Angel. It's just been a very stressful couple of years. Well, from a heart to do that to you. Yeah. It's worse than the presidency. It's true. Well, I, I I try to blame it on like when he goes to another dimension on occasion. Like, oh, well, the rules work differently, so that's when he's aging. Like that's that's how you can kind of uh, justify that he clearly ages significantly when he's Fair. supposed to be always eighteen. So we're at mini golf. 
Uh, there are drugged cookies that Buffy will will not eat. I mean, I would never turn down cookies. Yeah, except that's... for maybe oatmeal raisin. I don't understand the concept of cookies without chocolate. What's the point? Ah, right. uh, yeah. Huh. <laughs> I was actually eating cookies while watching this. Like, come on, Buffy, don't be a party. <laughs> oh. yeah, I mean, it's it's good in the long run that she doesn't eat any of his food, but it does seem like even if you don't like the guy, he's making great food. I still, I see it. I see the rebellion though of mm-hmm. like, fuck you, I'm not eating your cooking. <laughs> yeah. And I can see, I can see myself as a teenager. Like, if my mom cooks something, I'm mad at her. Like, no, I'm not eating that. I, I just wouldn't turn it down. <laughs> yeah, you don't turn down cookies. No, you can turn yeah. down anything else. But... <laughs> Mini pizzas. <Not> cookies. <laughs> this doesn't mean I like you. As you take a bite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse to eat your cookies. There are ho hos in the other room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the scene because it does feel like Xander's natural environment is a mini golf course. Yeah. Not only is he super happy, but like his outfit choices make more sense there. Yes. His whole style of humor and approach to the world seems to be just designed for mini golf. Future career for Xander that he never explored, even Mm -hmm. though he explored everything else. Owning and operating your own miniature golf course. (sighs) He should have done that. Yes. Over construction sounds like a lot better, a much better career. Well, choice. he could construct his his own mini golf course. Ah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Much like in the film Overboard, a really fancy windmill. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. <laughs> we we've solved Sanders' problem. No schools, please. <laughs> so Buffy's not doing so hot at miniature golf. She decides to cheat by dropping her ball in. I've done this. <laughs> I know. So do we on that damn schoolhouse. Yeah, <laughs> Unfortunately, Ted catches her cheating. He's pissed and he starts smacking his leg with mm-hmm. his golf club. I made a note about that. That sound effect was really weird. It sounded like they were hitting a bottle or something. Like, is that supposed to be the sound of a club hitting the leg? A robot leg, maybe. I mean, that's it. I feel like they throw a lot of things in there that... At first time viewing might just throw you off. Like, that's not the sound of a golf mm-hmm. club hitting a leg. Kristen <laughs> <laughs> would know. <laughs> yeah, at this point, I don't know he's a robot, so I'm all. Right, but on second viewing, you're like, oh, there's all these lines that, like. I'm not wired that way. Exactly. And, like, there's super old-fashioned worlds, like malarkey, that you're like, why is this dude saying that? But it's because he's from the 50s. So his leg doesn't make normal leg sounds, but his lips still feel like soft human lips. He at least to be Joyce. a veteran and have lost his leg. How dare you judge Now try my cookies. <laughs> it's the American thing to do. Oh, my God. I'm such I'm a horrible person. <laughs> He's very old-fashioned in 50s, except for when it comes to the kitchen. Then he's like, well, no, I'm going to be the cook. Yeah. That's so like, I'm okay with role reversal there. Yeah. But everything else, very traditional. I guess it's it's hard to drug people if you're not cooking for them all the time. How else? I mean, you could be like, I feel like most dads and be like, let me fix you a drink. <laughs> you no, know, no. My dad was always the like, how are you? Do- Can I get you another drink? Are you okay? That's like the the dad role while the mom cooks. Well, well, I mean, there was no underage drinking in my house. I'm not saying for kids. <laughs> okay, I'll believe you. Can I say, though, like, kudos to John Ritter's acting right here. He was super creepy. Oh. My gosh. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, I've only seen him from Three's Company and Problem Child, and I'm like... Oh, and my wife and kids. And my wife and kids. Yeah, he... 
he it seems like if he ever would have had a role as like a maniacal serial killer or an escaped yes. mental patient or something yeah. he could have definitely pulled that role oh, off yeah. <laughs> and also kudos to him to like for taking the role because mm-hmm. i feel like a lot of beloved actors yeah. who are like family friendly mm-hmm. may not take this type of role because they don't want to be seen as someone who drugs children and that kind of thing. (laughs) Hashtag try my cookies. (laughs) But yes. (laughs) I want to make a Bill Cosby reference. Oh, take the high ground. Take the high ground. Don't do it. It's so hard. So So is he. (laughs) Oh, Oh, dear. Okay. Accurate. So accurate. Um, it sucks because I'm looking at another note of mine that has the word sticky in it. <laughs> so after the mini golf. Uh, so Ted threatens to quote smack Buffy's smart mouth. Yeah. And Joyce doesn't believe her mm-hmm. when Buffy tells on him. Ted pretends that nothing happened. Yeah. The next morning, Buffy tells Joyce about the altercation Buffy does not want Ted's sticky buns. But Joyce wants those sticky buns. So do you think they're trying to tell something here? Like, I know that there's mm-hmm. there's obviously a precedent for abusive step-parents. Mm-hmm. And the idea of children reporting abuse, whether from step-parents or for, from anyone else, and your parents not believing you. Mm-hmm. Do you think Joss is trying to say something about that here? No, I don't. I didn't really get that. I was actually wondering why Buffy didn't push harder. Like, okay, he made a threat against you, and your mom just kind of brushes it off. I mean, your child was threatened. I would think Joyce would be a little more serious about it, and Buffy would have been like, "I'm not kidding, mom. He made a threat at me. What are you gonna do about this?" But they kind of, she just kind of said, "Screw this," and left the place. I mean, I feel like Joyce's reaction is obviously has to do with the drugs that she's taking via mm-hmm. cookies and mini pizzas and et cetera. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. yeah, but I don't, I mean, it is a, it is a common predicament of a people not believing children who report abuse. Mm-hmm. They think you're just being dramatic because you don't like the adult. Yeah. And B, I mean, step parent, there is a precedent of step parents being mm-hmm. abusive. Maybe I'm reading too much into this. No, I, I think Josh did do that. I mean, he always tries to put in some of that real world stuff involved with some demons in some way. Just like use magic for, as a metaphor for addiction. He does a really, really intelligent job of merging this Buffy world and putting our real world stuff into it. Yeah, I guess they just, I, I kind of <laughs> wish like to make that point better, they had put more of that in there. I guess for time constraints, you can't really do it more than basically this one scene. Because it seems to be much more about, like, her reaction to her mom dating than this issue that seems to really, like I said, only be brought up in the one scene. Because the next scene, basically, that she has with him, he dies. So, yeah. So it's cool. Xander compliments Cordy. She does not like this because (laughs) she doesn't want people knowing that they're making out on the reg. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. In the coat closet. Super sexy. Mm Mm-hmm. Nothing's hotter than the the smell of 409. (laughs) I mean, I could argue roses. (laughs) They they got those, like, thorn-type things. I mean, thorns are a problem, sure. Buffy sneaks into Ted's company and pretends to be Belinda, the temp. (laughs) She's so bad at lying. (laughs) She's really bad at lying. (laughs) She finds that Ted's planning a wedding... 
and has cut Buffy out of picture of her and Joyce. Mm-hmm. I well, d- folded it back. I don't. Yeah. Fold. I mean, sure. I get why that's supposed to be creepy, but it doesn't seem that creepy to me. Because, like, really, I definitely when the internet was a new thing. Because I'm old. Uh, my first boyfriend, there was a picture of him and I together mm-hmm. at camp. And it was a good picture of the two of us, but it was also just a good picture of me. There was mm-hmm. enough space in between us. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a thing. So, whatever online thing was happening at that point, mm-hmm. Live Journal probably Ooh, was yeah. the media at that point. Y'all are too young. <laughs> 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 I didn't do any of that till MySpace. Sorry. <laughs> I I posted a picture of the, the picture of the two of us. It was super mm-hmm. cute. But then I also just posted the picture of him cut out of him me because it's a good picture of me. Whatever. Okay. And oh, I did not predict the drama that that would cause oh. of like cutting him out of a picture. Like it mm-hmm. was it was just a cute picture of me. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like that MySpace top eight type drama. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right? Why don't you want to tell him right now in your top eight? It's ridiculous. Oh, oh no. <laughs> God. Oh, yeah. That's that's a phrase that I'm, I'm happy I have not heard in several years. You're bringing right. it back. It's just, ooh. People talk. Even just, because I never did MySpace, but just hearing people talk about it. Just like the weirdest, just social construct of, are you in the top eight? It's like, why is eight even the number? <laughs> That night, Ted is over for dinner, which Buffy doesn't eat. Yeah. I started to, like, halfway through this episode, I went back to my notes. I'm like, I'm going to start documenting all the time she doesn't eat. Because that's, like, a regular important thing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Another foreshadowing line, every home should have one of you. Uh, Because he's an inanimate object. uh, They also call him the machine at work. Yeah. Sure. That one's a bit on the nose. It's not really foreshadowing. That's just foretelling. <laughs> no, I did note that how how Sarah looked when she asked if they were getting married. She seriously, like, her, the look on her face, her expression, her tone. She looked like she was 11. Like, she totally age regressed in that question. And I was like, mm-hmm. wow. Knowing that the actress was in her 20s. But that was... Yeah. I just want to give Sarah props for that. That was a good performance, at least in, on that particular sentence. Absolutely. I liked it a lot. So besides the child abuse, the poisoning, and the murders, here's okay. yeah. <laughs> here's why Ted pisses me off in a good way. I mean, I'm supposed he's supposed to piss me off. He's the bad guy. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to not like him. He's a traditionalist. Mm-hmm. I get it. He's from the 1950s. He's stuck in the 1950s. But his whole Joyce, I'm taking over this home because yeah. I'm the man. Oh, it makes my skin crawl every time. Every time he dip- pulls this shit. The way he takes over the conversation when Buffy asks about the engagement is really well done. Yeah. The um, the Joyce, let me take care of this. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, so much is implied in that one sentence. She yeah. just totally bows down to whatever he what? wants. And it's not his place. This is not yeah. his daughter. This is not his home. They are not her. engaged. Yeah. They are just dating. Mm-hmm. Joyce, by all logical explanation, be like, no, yeah. you back off for one second. Let me speak to my daughter and I will put my foot down. It's okay that Joyce is going to put her foot down yeah. because she's the woman of this household. Mm-hmm. But the implication that Ted needs to do this yeah. every time. Well, I think one of the things that creeps me out the most is just the repeated use of the, uh, the I don't, I don't want to say term of affection, just term of 
calling somebody something. I don't even know what you'd say. Uh, the way she had, he addresses uh, Buffy as little lady, that it always creeps me out. It's very condescending. Yeah, and and like maybe if it was 1955, I would get it, and that's that's where it comes from. But anybody in maybe from like 1985 on who uses the term little lady immediately not a good guy. I mean, like it could be the drugs from the cookies, which we said, or maybe what if Joyce is just like wanted a man around? She hasn't become this strong character yet that we see from season three and on, where she doesn't really have a man around and. You know, her husband's gone. Maybe she just wanted that comfort from a man. Yeah, I think that's, like, what we're maybe not supposed to believe, but what the kind of, like, in in the world of the show, what other people are thinking is, like, oh, well, maybe she's just kind of looking over these flaws because she, you know, is lonely. She is having a tough time raising Buffy by herself, um, especially since Buffy appears to be kind of a rebellious kid who's, like, not... Uh, doing what she's supposed to because she's out fighting vampires. Um, but I, I think I'm glad that they bring in the she was being drugged the whole yeah. time element because, yeah, otherwise it would kind of ruin the, the strong character that Joyce becomes um, as she's more fleshed out later on. Uh, so Buffy is sent to her room and sneaks out to the playground to look for vamps. When she returns, Ted is waiting for her. He's been searching her room and thinks that she's delusional about being the Slayer. If she doesn't behave, he'll tell Joyce. And then he backhands Buffy. Not not a smart move, Ted. I love her line of, I was hoping you'd do that. Because honestly, I was hoping he'd do that too. (laughs) God damn it. Hit her so she can just beat the shit out of you. (laughs) Yeah, I think we all were. (laughs) Like, yes! Even before I knew the show, when I was like a teenager and I watched it for the first time, I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, you're gonna get it. (laughs) So who's had someone read their diary? Um, Not really. I had a book of shadows, but that's another story for another day. There's a lot of mystery there. (laughs) I know so much what you're Dream journals, songs I've written. It's just me inside of a book, you know. Okay. My mom definitely found my diary at some point and went reading through it. Let's just skip to the end and say it didn't end well. I was going to say, I can hear the awkwardness. Do you have a similar story? Only with my runaway letter. (laughs) My mom found my runaway letter. (laughs) Oh, no. Like, I'm leaving home. I'm going away. Yeah, but I never actually left. I just wrote it. Versus me, I tried to leave, but I didn't leave a letter. I just wanted to, I had to bail. (laughs) My worst thing is I was playing hide and seek with my brother once. And he made the mistake of showing me how to be a really good hider. And the trick is that you like, don't, you can't breathe heavily. Because he'd always say, Kristen, I can hear you because you're breathing heavily. So, but I was smaller than him. So I hid under this teeny tiny little end table in our guest room and i dave had just told me not to breathe heavily so i breathe i breathed really shallowly and i could hear him coming in the room looking for me he couldn't find me we just got in a big fight so we weren't even playing hide and seek we just got a big fight and i went and hid and they (laughs) a couple hours later i came out (laughs) And my family had been up and down the street and all around the neighborhood oh, <laughs> looking for me. 
Oh, Meanwhile, no. I'm just so proud of myself for learning how to hide. <laughs> and they thought that I was so pissed off because I had a fight with my brother that I had run away. Wow. And I was like, no, nothing nearly that dramatic. I was just really proud of how well I did. <laughs> my parents were ascribing, like, angst to a five-year-old. I was like, no. I learned how to breathe shallowly. It was great. <laughs> So Buffy punches Ted. They fight. She knocks him down the stairs. And like that once Joyce hears the ruckus and comes out of her room, this is when Buffy is beating on Ted so bad. She doesn't see that before this point, Mm -hmm. Ted has been fighting back. Yeah. He's also been throwing punches. She only sees Buffy winning the fight. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, she knocks Ted down the stairs and he supposedly breaks his neck and dies. Which I totally forgot happens. Uh, I didn't remember that he supposedly dies in the middle of the episode. I remember that he's a robot. Um, but I forget that he dies and that that's like clearly when they go to commercial. And I just remember like, oh yeah, this is a great way to go out to commercial. <laughs> Your main character accidentally murdering somebody. That's great. This mm-hmm. huge moment of like, whoa. So Buffy is interrogated at the police station. The next day at school, Buffy is wearing her sad overalls. (laughs) Very sad. She has to wear her overalls. I really like in in this scene when Xander and Willow talk to her. They're just like really good friends. And I I don't know. That seems like sad in a way that that just made me really happy that they're just really good friends. But it was, I, I think it was sweet that how they reacted to it. And there's a little bit of them fumbling to try to say the right thing, but not like Xander still being a bit too Xandery when he's asking if it was a monster or not. But they were just like also really supportive and like automatically kind of took Buffy's side and tried to help. It was really sweet. I've probably brought this up before, but the idea that what modern television is missing in terms of role models mm-hmm. is the idea of positive female relationships. Yeah. And this is really hammered home to me because I just got really into Pretty Little Liars. And it's, oh, it's so good. It's so good. But it's terrible because they're, I mean, even like the bestest of friends and they're never honest with each other. Yeah. And what's nice about Buffy is watching that like, there are really good friendships in this show. And Mm -hmm. even Cordy, who's like bitchy and shallow, like when... These are really important. She knuckles down and she is a good friend. Mm-hmm. And those are, I, I think the older you get, you real, the more you realize that like, those are hard to come by. You yeah. lose friends quickly. If they can, if these are people that actually super care about your well, well being and are not just waiting for their turn to talk. I mean, hold on to those. Yeah. So later in the library, Xander is pissed. <laughs> And ready to lead the charge to clear Buffy's name. That is, of course, until he uh, has some leftover Ted cookies. Mm. And cookies cooked by Ted, not co- cookies full of Ted's body, just so we're clear. <laughs> that would have been a more interesting episode. <laughs> it would have been, right? Yes. So suddenly everything's sunshine and rainbows, good buddy. Don't worry, old friend. Willow, you're the greatest person ever. Okay, that's the cookies talking. I mean, she but... is. We'll be honest. She, she is. is. That she was is. no she part is. of the cookies. Yeah, that was just the, cookies are worn the off truth of the uh, situation. I know. <laughs> Willow suspects something's wrong with Ted cookies. They test them and find out that they're laced with 
ecstasy. Yeah, yeah. Really lucky that that Xander didn't like start to strip. <laughs> oh. I just start filling on objects like, oh my god, this is the softest couch ever. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> they find out that the cookies were drugged by Willow, who is a let's let's not forget this. She's a high school student is able to chemically analyze cookies in a, a school science lab using like a microscope. That's that I it's not explained like oh and I use some magic to help. She's just like the most amazing scientist ever. Not to mention they have if the high school does have that equipment, they have such willy nilly access to it. Like, what time of day was it? Was this after school? Should they be in class? I mean, what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> Next step, blue meth. So Giles, meanwhile, is patrolling to make up for missing Buffy. He runs into Ms. Calendry, who apologizes for rebuffing him. Mm -hmm. This is a good scene. But, uh (laughs) uh-oh. Yeah. He's put her in danger again. (laughs) Vance have found them. (laughs) She should have saw that coming. Come on, he has a cross in his hand, and everything is going down. And she's just trying to have a normal conversation. Obviously, something's about to hit the fan, Jenny. Come on. You kind of... (laughs) It's not like she doesn't know. She's a techno-pagan. You guys <laughs> all this stuff exists. Like he, has a, he has a cross-up. Something's going down. Run. <laughs> this is Sunnydale. I mean, if there aren't huge crowds around, there are vamps around. Yeah. Giles struggles with the vamp while Ms. Calendar aims the crossbow. Oh, <laughs> 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 Poor guy. She shoots Giles in the back. Oh, <laughs> poor Giles. This, though, is great. Giles pulls the arrow out of his own back yeah. to stake the vampire. Yeah, that is badass. Bad that's pretty badass. That is Ripper-esque right there. Mm-hmm. Although it does seem like... And I also... I think the first vamp that gets killed by Buffy early in the episode looks a little bit like they might have uh, a bit of a, a, a case of solar plexus heart. It doesn't look like it's really oh. spot on at the, yeah. at the heart. It's a little low. Oh no, solar plexus heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah it was case. pretty low. That happens a lot. I got used to it after the first season. I'm like, okay, the heart's wherever they wanted to be on the show. Gotcha. <laughs> I have my heart in my bicep. Luckily, mm. I've been stabbed several times, but it's all right. That didn't hit my heart. Well, actually, I'm from Pilea, so I have my heart in my butt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, those are my some of my favorite episodes of Angel. I love Pilea. <laughs> yeah. So that night in the Buffy home, Buffy is sent to her room. She tries to sneak out, but the window is nailed shut. <sighs> that <laughs> bitch of a mom. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, though. Ted's there. Wait, wait, what? But Ted's dead. So they fight. Buffy stabs him with a nail file, to which we find out he's a robot. So in terms of Buffy and technology not mixing, how did this work for you guys? I I think it was fine because like it the fact that it was a robot made sense for the theme of the episode of it being like this this guy who's into very strict old fashioned values almost in a robotic way is actually a robot. It's a little weird that it's another thing that's science that's way beyond any science we have, but it's not really explained why. It's just this guy was really smart and no no magical element to it to make it kind of make a little bit more sense, like how he was able to build this super advanced stuff when he was just some guy, basically. But I'm able to forgive that because I think it works for the the kind of the themes of the show, and it's kind of a cool reveal at the end. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it worked. Um, I think it was a lot creepier when Xander found the bodies from the other wives. 
Because if it didn't have that, I think I would probably find it kind of dull. This to me, like, works only because it's unrealistic technology. Yeah. Like, we don't, I mean, this technology doesn't exist. We don't have robots this realistic. Mm -hmm. You know, we have robots that can put together assembly lines. That's it. So, to me, it's okay because it's fantastical technology. This almost seems like magic, so it's okay. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, the Scoobies break into Ted's address, which looks more like a shop than a home. What are we looking at here? Yeah, well, I think, yeah, like that's... <laughs> it looks like the magic box. <laughs> I was waiting for like, those paying real close like, where are we? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that kind of makes sense. Like, that was his workshop, but then once everything went really south, he kind of made it his home as well. Because I feel like he probably had an actual home at some point, but then once everything started going crazy and he started making robots and kidnapping his ex-wife, um, that's probably when he just kind of retreated into this workshop as his own little kind of hole to live in and store dead women in and all that kind of stuff. So Willow's counted four marriage certificates, the first being in 1957, mm-hmm. but no divorces. <gasps> Cordy finds a rug hiding a staircase leading to a basement apartment. It's very authentic looking 1950s decor. Mm-hmm. Xander opens the closet and finds Ted's first four wives. Creepy. I think this is a great moment. Yeah. Like, not only is that creepy as fuck, mm-hmm. that, like, I know that Xander's looking at four heads or four yeah. bodies or something. Yeah. But just, it's so simply done. Mm-hmm. They don't need to show me anything. It yeah. doesn't need to be overly grotesque. Yeah. And just his reaction is what sells it and would be better than whatever effect they would have used. Right. Just have, like, four corpses that they could show on network television, you know? Right. Exactly. Like, especially with modern day, or at that point, modern yeah. day special effects, it's just better to be like, and and the idea that, like, Xanner's, you know, he recognizes that this is grotesque and no one else needs to see this. I've seen all I need to see. We're moving yeah. on. I got it. Ted's first four wives. Get out. Yeah. So Ted confronts Joyce. He says that he was unconscious and was found by an intern at the morgue. It's awful. Joyce is very concerned with Buffy's well-being, which pisses off the robot. Yeah. If robots can feel emotions. I think this <laughs> one can. At, at yeah. least rage. What about what Teddy feels? (laughs) Fuck you. What does Teddy feel? Get over yourself, dude. Come on. (laughs) The robot starts to malfunction. He intends on bringing Joyce to his 50s hideaway. And he says, you left me once, but I keep bringing you back. Husband and wife is forever. Maybe we should adjust the vows. Okay. Yeah, right. Uh, Husband and wife is till death do you part. Yeah, they really should have used those vows. And then, you know, you can go your own way after that. It's okay. Mm -hmm. It's kind of funny that he never um, just built himself a robot, Brad. I mean, that would be the logical choice. No, he keeps having to, like, kidnap women that he drugs into pretending to be, like, his old wife. Seems like you, you got the skills, man. Can't you just build another robot? He's not wired that way. <laughs> <laughs> well done, sir. <laughs> That's the um, the post credit scene in "I Was Made to Love You" with Warren. Uh-huh. Is uh, his girlfriend goes off, and then Ted's robot shows up. <gasps> yes. True. Enough. What? That would have been good. Oh, I thought, I thought this was like an Easter egg I missed. I'm like, what? That oh, happened? no, no. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> really yes. 
Yes, it was. <laughs> you just missed it. So Ted knocks out Joyce just as Buffy comes to and hits him with his own cast iron skillet. Nice. <laughs> I did like that touch. <laughs> like, he had that moment earlier about making sure, like, gotta have a cast iron skillet. Knock, knock. Yeah. No room for compromise there. Yep. Not, no yeah. room for compromise when it bashes your head in. Uh, one thing I, I do have against the episode is that the final fight against him is way too short. It's like, boom, boom, very, boom, he's down. Yeah, it is very short. It would have been kind of cooler, especially because it's like a robot. There's all sorts of things you could do where he's a robot, so like different things that you'd think would hurt him wouldn't and that kind of stuff. And it just seems like they're kind of like, yeah, let's just film this. Short on time. Get it done with. I do like the line, I don't stand for that kind of malarkey in my house. Ted, this house is mine. <laughs> Bitch goes down. Yeah. <laughs> I do like the special effects makeup in terms of like season two Buffy. Yeah, it's Ted not bad. like losing half his face to like. I like the the skin that's that's kind of like hanging off at the bottom. Yeah. That's what sells it for me. That's it. it. It really looks like part of his face is peeled away yeah. as I pull at my cheek. Something about that. How about a nice game of part cheesy? Yeah. It's yeah. freaky, man. That is. <laughs> oh. Parcheesi is not a great game. <laughs> what is Parcheesi? It's it's. Yeah. it's, it's it's a game that's mostly like, you know, like just roll and move the spaces. It's not all oh, skill and Parcheesi. Are you a robot? Is that how you know that what Parcheesi is? The uh, error. <laughs> next uh, segment. <laughs> Does not compute. Does not. I'm compute. not wired that way. <laughs> <laughs> so let me get this straight. So according to the police, Ted killed his first four wives mm-hmm. and then ran away. Like they don't see Ted's body. Buffy yeah. gets rid of that. The intern at the morgue did see Ted, but thinks that he just left town. Yeah, it seems kind of kind of flimsy. I feel like they, it would have been better if they like also found Ted's body, but there's like, and they can't explain why. You know, it looks like he's been dead for years, and it's just kind of like a weird mystery they have instead of like, from the police's point of view, there is a multiple mor- murderer out there who's just running free. There's probably police resources going to ch- chase down a guy who doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, this is a 40-year serial killer. They could yeah. not ignore this. Yeah. I mean, it's Sunnydale Police. They can ignore a lot. Yeah, I guess so. I was going to say, yeah, they don't pay attention. Yeah. So much <laughs> happy. They're probably so swamped with calls. They're all, just handle it yourselves. God. Tardy people calling me for every little neck puncture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Figure it out. Take a number. Come on. <laughs> so your kittens went all missing. Big deal. <laughs> They've got oh, two. No. So the next day at school, Buffy has had her fill of grown-ups kissing. I love this. I love it. (laughs) The Scoobies walk in on Giles and Jenny in the library, who have clearly made up because they're making out. This is really good uh, in terms of how the the bringing it full circle. Mm -hmm. The episode started with... Buffy walking in on her mom, and now she's walking in on Giles. I like this better because Giles and Jenny are cute. Yeah. Neither of them is a killer robot. That is important. So what's the lesson in Ted? I think this is another case of the lesson being other people feel this way too. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily tying everything up in a neat package. In this case, it has to do with your parents get divorced and it's okay for them to start dating again. Mm-hmm. Our generation, obviously, I mean, statistically, more than any other has had to deal with our parents getting divorced. 
and therefore our parents moving on and finding other people. Um, it's an unco- uncomfortable situation for anyone. I think this is a nice way to say, like, that's weird, right? It's weird. It's yeah. going to feel weird. Mm-hmm. It's okay that it feels weird. Yeah, I think that's that that's true. And it's kind of like doing that Buffy thing of taking the normal situation of it feels weird when your parents start to date after a divorce and put, putting it to the next level because... It's weird that they're dating a robot that's evil, um, which, of course, is not usually the case. I hope not. I was never one for moral of the stories. For me, the story is just all, here, watch the story. Now don't deal with reality. <laughs> I don't want to connect. The two are not connected. I don't want to relate the story to my reality. I want to totally escape my reality. So, ooh, evil robot. Uh, so one other thing I want to point out about uh, this episode before we uh, move on to, to Eggtown. Uh, USA, is that this movie has a lot in common with um, kind of an underrated horror thriller movie from the 80s called The Stepfather. Um, There's a horrible remake of it with one of the guys from Nip Tuck. Do not watch that. No. I have it. You do? (laughs) But uh, the the original 80s one is actually pretty creepy, pretty scary. It's um, Terry O'Quinn, you may know from Lost. What did he play in Lost? uh, Bald guy, I forget the name. Oh, Dunlock. Yeah, John Locke. So and he's (laughs) so sad that I know that. And he's a person, person, not a robot. But he basically has a similar pattern of he's very conservative and he he like gets into a family. He's the stepfather, but then because people don't live up to his crazy kind of old fashioned values, then he ends up like murdering them. And so the the basic premise is that one of these families that it's happening to the daughter kind of realizes something is up and tries to you know figure it out and save the day. What movie were we watching? Which one was that? What? Uh, she was murdering everybody because they didn't live up to her conservative values. Serial mom. Serial mom. Oh yeah. Oh. Um. With what's her face? Uh, Kathleen Turner. Kathleen Turner. Yeah, you're not wearing white. You're wearing white shoes after Labor Day. (laughs) Or rewind the tapes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Anything else anyone would like to say about Ted? I love Ritter. I yeah. miss him. Yeah. He, what a great He guy. is yeah. great in this episode. He's really good. Yeah. Creepy and funny. Yes. He's yeah, really good. Funny. I do remember um, when he started Eight Simple Rules. Mm-hmm. And I do remember when that show had to go on without him and what a big deal was. Great. Oh, yeah. I remember it. Did I say my wife and kids earlier? I meant Eight Simple Rules. I, I knew what you meant. But, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I remember I was in high school when that happened. I was devastated. Yeah. Like, oh. He was. He. I mean, again, even as someone who wasn't big into Three's Company, I'm not sure why he seems like such a vital pop culture icon of my yeah. childhood, but he does. Yeah. I know. I, I've only seen him in Problem Child and Stephen King's It. Oh, mm. yeah. That too. It just seems like he was always there. Problem yeah. Child. I was yeah. really young when I saw Three's Company, so it's like he's yeah. always been there. But it's nice to see him in this... Yeah. He does a very good job. I like the fact that he goes um, against his usual mm-hmm. character. He's not usually the villain. Yeah, you could, yeah, you could almost say it's like a, a, a playoff of how he's usually playing some kind of nice guy character, and this is kind of a an evil uh, mirror image of that where he's right. Yeah, where on the surface he's still the same character, mm-hmm. but there's so much more beneath. Yeah, this looks like a, the the. Motion that I'm doing looks like I'm cupping his balls. That's not what that is. <laughs> right I mean, I, if he's a robot, does he even have balls? They're made out of titanium. <laughs> so if you kick him there, <laughs> doesn't matter. 
I think Buffy should have tried it. <laughs> she should have tried to kick him in the titanium ball. <laughs> Hmm, just like leg. <laughs> but those lips were so kissably soft. Yeah. I think Joyce was just thirsty. He didn't feel right. <laughs> <laughs> she is lonely. Girl's lonely. <laughs> it's time to put Ted back on the shelf and open the books on Bad Edge. So Buffy and her mom are shopping at the mall, which is closing. So they separate. Buffy has the task of picking up her mom's tailoring. I was definitely one of those kids that had to go to the mall at least once a week. Like at wow. some point it became an addiction of like, if I haven't made it there this week, there's a problem. Yeah, the weekends back at eighth grade, going to the Galleria, getting your Sparrow or your hot, mm. your hot dog on a stick lemonade. Panda Express, you know. Wait, are they paying us to mention these brand names? Because I feel like, I feel like they should be. <laughs> right? Otherwise, yeah. Right. We'll just say Mall Pizza, Mall Lemonade. There, there are, are cushiony sponsors. <laughs> so on the escalator, Buffy notices a guy without a reflection. This tricked the fuck out of me. Every time. Every time this does. Where, like, she looks to the left and she sees a girl and a guy flirting. She looks to the right. She only sees the girl. And I'm like, oh, every time. Twins. Yeah, okay. I'm so glad you said that. Because they do not establish that she's looking into a mirror. Yeah! It just looks like there's two sets of escalators. And it's just another lady there. And it was like, why does she think evil, like, that that identical twins are evil? One twin is very lonely. She's a very lonely twin. She's like, I need you to have a buddy. That's why she's running after him. So Buffy trails a no-reflection guy and his potential victim to a back room or some closed down arcade. Yeah, it or... just seemed like they had an arcade set and they're like, well, we might as well use it. Yeah, we're going to show it through a back room and all of a sudden she's in an arcade. Why is no one else there? I don't know. Yeah, how did this vampire have access? Why is this girl hanging out with this random guy who's like, I'm a cowboy. I have access to this uh, arcade. Seems like a weird way to pick up a lady. <laughs> that was my first note. Like, what store are they in and why is it empty already? I know the mall's closing, but... <laughs> yeah, that's very odd. I like how Buffy pretends here to be the vamp's girlfriend mm-hmm. to get rid of the chick. Yeah, that was, that was a neat You moment. promised you'd never cheat on me again, honey. <laughs> they fight. Buffy chases off the vamp, but forgets to pick up her mom's dress. Uh-oh. I do love the dialogue here of, let me guess. You got distracted, like, by a boy. Technically. Technically. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you ever think about anything besides boys and clothes? Saving the world from vampires? <laughs> She's not lying. Yeah, true. <laughs> Xander and Cordelia are making out in the broom closet again. They still don't really like each other, but they can't keep their hands off each other. Yeah. I mean, this is so dream. high school. Yeah. I was wondering, like, what are you guys getting out of this other than extreme blue balls? You're not really doing anything. I mean, this is high school, though. Yeah. Everything's about making out yeah. and finding some place to make out. Because if you don't have a car yet... You can only kiss so much. <laughs> Did I not do it right? You guys don't like each other, so what's the point? Uh, I don't know. I didn't do it right. <laughs> I, I mean, they're just into making out. Like, Xander, as we establish later on, I don't think it's clearly established, but it's pretty much assumed, is a virgin. Corey is not, but she's not, like, you know, sleeping with every guy she meets. She's still into making out. And I think even if you are sleeping with people, sometimes it's fun to have a make out. 
Maybe they're just really good at making out, and they're like, they don't want to spoil it. There is something about being a teenager, and like, you can't just go to your apartment yeah. and make out. Or for a and lot of teenagers... You don't want to have, actually have sex in a broom closet. That's that's a step <laughs> no. too far. And for a lot, of, a lot of teenagers, you can't... You don't even have a car. I mean, like, I, not every teenager does. Yeah. So, like, a lot of being a teenager and kind of the excitement, I think, of it was like, where can we go? Yeah. Because, I mean, like, boys weren't allowed upstairs in my house, and I was not allowed alone in a room with the boys. Yeah. So you had to find clever hallways. <laughs> I mean, there was some excitement of, like, oh, my God, we got five minutes alone! <laughs> so exciting! Bell's gonna ring, hurry up! <laughs> I never did the broom closet thing, though. That's gross. No. Yeah, me neither. This is not for me. In health class, though, it's sex ed time! So what are the negative repercussions to sex? <laughs> Where there's n- <laughs> there's neck aches in the car, <laughs> bad breath, mm-hmm. and maybe pregnancy. Yeah. So to teach them not to have class. Teach <laughs> <laughs> them not to have class. Don't, don't be classy. Classless bruts. So to teach them not to have sex, the class must pair up and raise an egg as a child. Cordy and Xander clearly pick other students to make each other jealous. So who, so everyone had to take sex ed here, right? I did. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So for us, it was just a part of your health class freshman year. Same here. It might have been sophomore. I did something like it in sixth grade. (laughs) I'll say sixth grade. Yeah. Yeah. We got it in sixth grade. Like, all right, you're not little kids anymore. I remember in junior Uh, high hearing about, or junior high, you learned about the basics of like girls got their periods and boys mm -hmm. had night. Stuff. <laughs> night, night stuff. stuff. That was the technical um, term. Night happy time. No, I remember that semester of sixth grade, I had the most extensive note set of all the notes. <laughs> <laughs> it was the best. <laughs> why? Tell us why. I don't why know. I wasn't a 12 year old boy or anything. It. I don't know. Explain it but, to me. <laughs> but yeah, they went from everything from the, the menstrual cycle all the way up to month nine. I know in sixth grade, I had to take care of a, a flower sack, not the egg. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. No, I've seen that in like the yeah. other TV shows. Well, now they get crazy where they actually have like these weird little kind of robot babies. We had those in my yeah. high school. Oh. Yeah, I refused. So that was part of if you took home ec, you did child rearing plus cooking. Mm-hmm. I did not take this class. That was I yeah. was like, what's excited about that class? That seems awful. Mm-hmm. I don't want that. I don't. I wouldn't mind the cooking. I mean, like. And what gets to me about, like, the, like, oh, I'm going to sign up for this class is I don't need an animatronic baby to tell me that raising kids is hard. Yeah. Who went into class thinking, like, no, babies are easy. No, everyone knows they suck. <laughs> that is just a universal knowledge. We all know babies are assholes, right? <laughs> they kind of are. And, like, you know, little. girlfriends would have these cla- these babies in class. Mm-hmm. So like they bring they bring them into class. Obviously, you'd have this. It's weird to see a teenage girl with like a um, bassinet <laughs> next to their desk. with a bassinet these days. Yeah, in high school, someone drives by is just like, wow, that high school's horrible. <laughs> all Michelle Pfeiffer is not doing her job. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, we've already lost in my high school like four girls to teenage pregnancy. Wow. So you ha- start having girls walk around the hallways carrying Ooh. these very realistic looking animatronic babies it's weird yeah and like this baby starts crying in the middle of class and they leave and it's weird because i went to a high school where like if you got pregnant in high school you got kicked out yeah 
Like, you weren't allowed to stay in my high school if you got pregnant. So it's weird that, like, but you had these girls with fake babies that were just as disruptive. Yeah, I, I guess maybe they thought, like, well, this will prevent the real ones. Although, what if you thought, like, hey, this was super easy. I'm going to get pregnant right away uh, now. Right? I, I mean, when my best friend my senior year got pregnant... And my parents were so weird. They thought that by seeing my best friend with a baby, I they were very worried that I was going to want a baby. And I was like, do you, do you know how this works? She no longer gets to go away to college. And I'm just watching her, like, constantly changing diapers. Like, this is the opposite of me wanting more to have a baby. That's the weirdest reaction you think I would ever have. To watching someone get pregnant in high school. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like high school in general, whenever they thought they were trying to ward you off something, the way they thought they were going to do it was completely wrong. Like, it, also in health class when we had the drug unit, it really felt more like a menu than an educational program. Where it's like, well, here's all the cool things that ecstasy does. It's like, I was not thinking about taking any drugs before this class <laughs> you're really kind of almost selling me on the on the points of uh, these different products have they done studies that dare actually resulted in more teenagers mm-hmm. trying drugs than that. the opposite yeah i've heard that so the only thing i really remember from my sex ed class is that it was taught by my gym teacher of course that's what who, it i mean it was he taught my health class and it was like a week of him really quickly listing off the symptoms of different stds yeah we got a lot of pictures yeah it was all that. And then I do remember the only, I, I, okay, so they had, um, this group of like college students come in to talk to us about the dangers of obviously having sex, um, before you're ready. And their argument was be careful about the music that you listen to. Oh boy. Because it might make you want to have sex. And if you listen to today's pop songs they have hidden lyrics that are going to make you want to have sex so if you listen to any song ever (laughs) there's probably a lot of lyrics about sex right i mean you could play almost any song from history what was their big example of songs that are going to make you have sex against your will Genie in a Bottle by Christina oh, Aguilera. That's kind of lame, yeah. but okay. Yeah. <laughs> if anything, that's a hand job. Yeah. <laughs> <Let's be honest. laughs> I, mean, I was going to say, what about our music? Is I was there grew up, grew up listening to Pony by Genuine. We knew he was not talking about he was not talking about a pony. All right. <laughs> F- funny side story: the very first MP3 that I downloaded on Napster, oh yeah, took about an hour. Was genie in a bottle? <laughs> An album. <laughs> oh, <laughs> on 56k. Oh my god! <laughs> nice, nice. I That's gonna be the way in like five years that you just describe how old you are. Is like okay, just to give you an idea of my age. The first MP3. Yes, I downloaded MP3 on Napster. Yes, Napster was genie in a bottle. Yes, genie in a bottle. <laughs> Speaking of a blast from the 90s past, they mentioned the Gigapet. Oh yes! yeah, the off-brand Tamagotchi. Yeah, I had one. I thought Tamagotchi was the off-brand Gigapet. I don't remember Tamagotchi commercials. I remember Gigapet commercials. Well, that's because Tamagotchi was the original from Japan, but then those like Uh, sold out right away, so Gigapet came in and kind of filled the void. Ah, I did not know that. 
Yeah. I actually didn't have one. I don't know why I know so much history about the Gigapad. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a ton in his yeah. room right now. I know. Tello Kitty posters and everything. <laughs> Karopi binders. <laughs> Tell the truth, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> there he goes, brushing his mustache. <laughs> <laughs> Time to get the brill cream. <laughs> but Buffy was absent during health class. I'm to bring it full circle. Yep. We're back at health class. So yeah. she's the odd man out and must be a single mom. Aww. There's some good lines here. Xander mm-hmm. uh, telling Willow, teach it some good Christian values. My egg is Jewish. Okay, then teach it that dreidel song. <laughs> 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 so Buffy finds out that the vamp she fought was one of the Gorch brothers. Gorch? I don't know. Gulch, Gorge, Gurch. I don't, I don't care. I those... hate these characters so much. Why are they I here? I just don't care. Like, yeah, and especially like this. Ep- right. We don't need vampires in this episode. I was trying to figure out. So why do we have two bad guys? We have the Bazaar. Yeah. And we have the Gorch brothers. The only thing I can think of is that the some writer had like an idea for an episode that was the Gorch brothers. Yeah. Somebody had an idea for an episode that was the Bazaar. Yeah. And the whole writer's table was like, that is not enough for one episode. Whatever. We'll bush them. Yeah. Just smush them I guess. uh, Or like maybe they felt like, well, we we can't have two episodes in a row. There's no vampires. Really. Like, But even that, I don't know. Or like... They've done it. Yeah. And I, I don't think people care about that. I... I... Because I just feel like having all the... Gorge brother, Gulch brother, whatever brothers they are. And um, really only one. We really only deal with yeah. one. The other one is kind of there occasionally and then gets killed by the Sarlacc pit. But it's it's just, I wish they had had more time to devote to the main storylines. Because then they could have been developed more and there could have they could have said more with the Bazaar, which I felt like they kind of wasted any opportunity for it to really be a good metaphor for anything. Right. I actually forgot they were there. And then he makes his appearance later on in the episode. I'm like, oh, yeah, you. And that, like, exactly. it only registers because he comes back in season three. Yeah. If it weren't for prom, or is it prom or homecoming? The, homecoming. Yeah, yeah. In homecoming. season three, uh, this would never, I'd be like, Gorch, what the fuck? Yeah. But Angel is going to help Buffy search for the Gorches, except they're too busy smooching. Again, mm-hmm. this is very much like high school. Yeah. They're so busy kissing that they don't realize the Gorches are watching them. Yeah, super creepy. <laughs> Just ignoring the fact that it's creepy that Angel's dating a teenager. It's also super creepy that these guys who are over 100 are watching a teenager make out. <laughs> In the world of porn. What? What? <laughs> In the, in the world of porn. Did you know I'm saying it a second time? <laughs> I gotta hear this. <laughs> this is still really tame. I mean, of all the things out there, 100-year-old the getting off on a 200-year-old kissing a 16-year-old, tame. What's well, okay. The next scene we'll see hentai tentacles. <laughs> I was waiting for somebody to reference the... Yeah, the, the octopus arms, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for that to come up. But it, the thing is, it's not porn. It's two guys watching an actual girl actually make out. Voyeurism. That's still, like, not... It's still, like, crimes against... It's still, like, illegal to be a peeping Tom. Sure, but there's a whole... I know where you're, I know where you're going. Like, there's a whole... There's, like, a whole taboo section. Yeah, the idea... People getting off on the idea that they're voyeurs. Mm-hmm. But yeah. you're not going to really be a voyeur, so you're going to watch the type of porn that makes it seem like you're a voyeur. 
the quote-unquote illegal situations that they yeah. act out, but it's not real because it's two consenting adults. <laughs> but they're not consenting to being watched. Okay, I, I, feel, I feel like this is we're at an impasse. Kristen and I are perverts. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Knowing about it is not the same as participating. <laughs> so later, Buffy's going through her egg checklist. Feeding. Check. Burping. Ew. Ow. Check. Diapers. In theory, I guess. Check. Is it an all in theory? Yeah. yeah. How is it, right? <laughs> pouring milk on it. Patting it. Feeding. Check. That's in theory. How did you yeah. feed it? Yeah. Burping. Did the bur- <laughs> burp... If it burped, that should have been an early sign. Right? Something's wrong with this egg. Smash it right away. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing I never understood about, I, mean, I guess I never got the assignment, so maybe it would have been different if I got it. The whole, like, parenting an egg thing, I guess you have to carry it around school or you also get it reported, but couldn't you just, like, leave it on a table when you get home and yeah. just fake the journal? This is where the animatronic baby makes way more sense, yeah. where it has sensors in its back, so if you it needs to be burnt, have to do it. you, can't just you have to, like, pat it until yeah. the sensors go off, or if it needs to be fed... There's a sensor in its mouth where yeah. it knows if it the if the bottle's in there, mm-hmm. where you have to hold it there until yeah. the sensor goes off. That makes way more sense than mm-hmm. the idea of an egg or a bag of flour. Yeah, because basically it's saying like all you have to be <laughs> to be a good parent is to be able to pretend that you fed your your child and not drop it until it breaks. That's not the the definition of good parenting. It's true. I didn't do anything to my flower sack. I just left it on the table overnight. See? See? Yeah. I didn't do anything. I didn't beat it. I didn't. How would you have fed it? it? Yeah. How? I don't. It's already full. Here it comes. Fed it more. It's already here comes the airplane. Yeah, if you put more flour in, that's kind of cannibalism. <laughs> would you feed a bag of flour yeast? <laughs> I don't know. It'll grow. Uh, at two a.m., Buffy's egg cracks open, and a tentacle reaches for her. Or did she drain that? The egg seems fine. Yeah, I wasn't sure what that was about. I mean, I think it's... And we're back on the hentai. Because, <laughs> like, it seems to be setting up, like, oh, this is something like an invasion of the body snatchers thing, where they, like, attach onto you while you're sleeping, but then they just do that while you're awake, and they don't use big, long tentacles. They just kind of cling onto your back like a big old scorpion. Yeah, I don't really get that. Except for, like, they felt they wanted to do uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers reference, and that was the only way they could do it. That. That is what we're looking at, yes. So later at school, Buffy and Willow seem drained, but not Xander. Mm. He claims that they're stressing out over the eggs. He explains that they need to relax. As he tosses his egg around willy-nilly, yep. <laughs> he drops his egg and it doesn't break. <gasps> Why didn't it break? Because he hard-boiled his young. What keeps them from just buying new eggs from the grocery store? Well, I know I've heard from people who have actually had this in class that like the teacher signs it or puts some kind of mark on it. I'm pretty good at faking a signature. Yeah, you could just copy that unless it's some kind of weird like special marker or like you can only see it under a certain light. That, sure, yeah. that makes more sense. But the idea of, like, just buying a new fucking egg. Yeah, yeah. Could just and that makes even more time. sense than Xander hard-boiling it, because the, Z- the teacher's going to s- notice that. Yeah. Uh, so we see there are eggs hidden in the bookcases, which will make more sense later on. Mm-hmm. Angel and Buffy patrol again that night. They talk about kids, 
Angel can't have any. This is a weird conversation to have at all. She is 16. She is in high school. Yeah. <laughs> this conversation should freak the, her the fuck out. I mean, completely. But when she looks into the future, all she sees is Angel. Stop it. No. This is weird, right? <laughs> Frankie, back me up. 16-year-old oh, no, girl. Yeah, my I'm... hormones are not going like, give me babies. No, 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 no. I am very against the babies. <laughs> she's so crazy. No, no, no. Maybe she's egg crazy because of the egg. Yeah, no, still, no. You're like ascribing a 40-year-old woman's feelings to us who's ready to burst yeah <laughs> no like she should just be like what what's going on? no shut up what no uh, no oh you you no. can never get me pregnant awesome <laughs> yes so we angel around <laughs> so there's a cool shot coming up i don't know if it's foreshadowing um they're making out against a tombstone and the camera pans past the words in loving memory because they're I, mean, I put that in my notes one more episode and it's and it's bye-bye time for Angel. What? Did something happen? I was wondering if something was going to happen oh. with that. I did put that. I'm like, what's that? I was wondering, what what's that all about? One more episode, we meet Angelus. Yep. Oh, so I feel like nice. I feel like the whole shot was just very much like, oh. Building it up, yeah. Enjoy the happy Buffy yeah. Angel relationship well, while you can. The, the conversation about, like, where do you see yourself in one year and five years kind of setting up like, oh, this is going to be a long time thing that we have going on here. I mean, teenagers always think that. Yeah. Not me. I was never one of those kids. Like, yeah. I know that that was a big thing for kids in high school to be like, we're going to get married and have kids. And my attitude was always like, because I was like a neurotic bookworm. Like, no, when I get to college, this is over. In yeah. fact, like, I was dating a guy when I left for college. And I was like, oh, by the way, I'm going away to college. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> so I was not I was not one of those kids. I was slightly cold hearted. But I knew for like a lot of kids, it was everything in high school. It was, you know, forever and ever. And I was dating a guy my junior year who was like, we're going to get married and have kids. I'm like, yeah, no, that's joke, right? It's joke. No, I'm 17. I'm 16 at that point. No. I still care about what kind of trapper keeper I have. I'm not in the position right now to make decisions for the rest of my life. (laughs) Right. Was that self-aware? <laughs> <laughs> so, meanwhile, a security officer at school is the first time we've seen a security yeah. officer. Why now? Why? What? We could have avoided so many deaths. <laughs> well, not not with the way he ends up. I I think this episode both shows like that they finally got a security guard. Well, they don't have security guards. They're just gonna get pushed out of hole. Waste of money. We gotta pay the widow. Probably yeah. pay for the funeral. Gotta pay all those creepy janitors that are lurking about, not doing their job, just being creepy. So the security officer searches the basement and finds a cave thing. <laughs> Uh, he's knocked unconscious by the missing hell teacher. That's where that dude went. That's sad because he he wasn't that bad. He seemed to to really like and not be like super aloof about the whole sex ed thing. He seemed to really you know try to put his best best effort forth. So Buffy's back at home and notices that her egg is moving. It, so is the only reason she catches this because she's up late. Uh, that's what I'm thinking. That it's not that they actually know when they're when you're sleeping. They just come out at midnight when they assume most people are sleeping. Well, it's like 2.30, isn't it? Yeah, but then she calls Willow when Willow's up with her lights on and her parents don't answer the phone. That's because she's been taken over by the creepy crawly. Okay. my I, So I used to have a series of phone calls in the middle of the night when I was in high school. Because, you know, other girlfriends 
bought into this whole we'll be in love forever crap. And several times I would have friends call like 3 a.m. He's like, <gasps> my dad would call, would answer the phone like, what, hello? I'm like, is Kristen there? And then I have to answer the phone like, yeah, hello. And it'd be my friend Stephanie. He'd be like, Derek dumped me. <laughs> You're like, oh, that's too bad. Um, you know what? Just have some ice cream. You'll get over it. Bye. It's high school. To my parents' credit, they never like yelled at me. They were never like, "It's two a.m. while your your kid, while your not my kids, (laughs) why your kids calling from the future? Why are your friends calling?" They were just like, "Yeah, teenage girls are dumb. At least our daughter isn't one of them. (laughs) She's the one they call for advice." Yeah, I was their Giles, so to speak. Aww. (laughs) I remember my sister and I had our own line, so didn't really oof. Fancy. Not really. <laughs> I remember that when that was a thing, when it was like, you know, you could, yeah. you had your own line in your house. That was a big thing. With like the clear phones, the, we could see inside of it, the lights on it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so cool. Yeah. And priority ringing so you know who it was. I do like when the, uh, the egg hatches and there's the whole attack. That's a cool little sequence. Um, and I, I definitely like thinking about every time, like, well, she's definitely not passing that class now. She's definitely killed her child. Yeah. With the pair of scissors. Oh. I like thinking about this scene how, so I think we've talked about in high school, I was an insomniac, like between, you know, homework oh. assignments oh. and other various anxieties. I was up all night. This was my, would have been my superpower in the Buffy world where I would just be up all night. I would catch my egg. So that's, that's how you, you would contribute. The scene was for an arachnophobe like me. Who's had similar situations? Yep. <laughs> You're in your room and some creepy crawlies in the room decides to run and hide under your bed. Yeah. I sympathize with Buffy. I'm like, I would have just burned the house down. I'm like, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, house, You're done. Yes. I could handle this egg face hugger thing more than I could handle a spider. It looked like a spider. For me, yeah. it's the same thing. It's just yeah. as freaky. No. No. Somebody come kill it. So Buffy stabs the face hugger with some scissors. And then calls Willow, who says that her egg is normal, but we see the broken eggshells, mm-hmm. so we know that bitch is lying. Joyce catches Buffy fully dressed and on the phone at 3 a.m., so she's grounded. Yeah. After school, she must go directly to the library, and her mom picks her up. Cordy's egg is normal as well. I do like this line. It's an egg, Buffy. It, it doesn't, doesn't emote. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Xander's dissatisfied with his chocolate bar. Pause. Wait. He's so unhappy with his chocolate bar as a snack that he chooses a hard-boiled egg. Right? Hard-boiled egg that has been out, like, <laughs> not, for days. Not refrigerated. Warm. Not refrigerated. That's better than a chocolate bar. And he litters that chocolate bar. He doesn't, like, find a trash can. He's like, nah, I don't like this. Throws it on the ground. Time to eat this day's old egg. What kind of crazy hobo is Xander becoming this episode? No salt or anything, just... <laughs> yeah. He doesn't even look at it. A couple of little taps, that breaks the egg, but the whole dropping it in the library, no. Right? So that's no chicken egg. That is a creepy crawly. <laughs> yeah. Willow dissects it in the science lab, but she already seems to know a lot about it. Mm-hmm. She and Cordy attack Buffy and Xander and lock them in the closet. That's pretty sweet. Where they have to make out because it's seven minutes in heaven. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, Xander would be so happy if that was. I was he just was. Gonna say that. Like, I'm making out with all the hot girls in the closet. Dream come true. God bless the bazaar. Yep. <laughs> you don't even make me a pod person. I'm already on board. <laughs> the pod people collect garden tools and head to that basement cave thingy. Mm-hmm. Later, Joyce arrives at the library to pick up Buffy where Giles puts a creepy crawly on her back. Very creepy. I do like the line in here where she just says, should I whisper? Yeah. (laughs) This is so cute. Because they're in the the library. Mm -hmm. I like that. They head to the basement where the pod people are mining for buried treasure. Buffy and Xander break out of the closet and go to research in the library. I like that this is really cute, that Buffy and Xander have to research without their smart buddies. Yeah, um, I guess we look it up in a book. I don't don't think they go far enough with this, though. They just kind of make reference to, like... If they didn't have the Gorge brothers in here, they could have had time to make this a a, a funnier scene. Yes! Right, you know. And I mean, like, they they have this funny line where they're like, I guess we look something up, and then that's kind of... It. Yeah. Like, from then on, they've got it. It's fine. Yeah. Well, because the book is just open to that page. Yeah. And really, the the bizarre monster really dropped the ball when they just threw them in a closet and hoped the eggs would hatch before they woke up. It's worked for them in the past. Yeah, but it just seems like you could, you could tie them up a little bit. Yeah, it seems very lazy. I mean, they would have totally succeeded if they had just tied up those two people. Fair. Yeah. Jonathan is attacked. <gasps> Jonathan! <laughs> <laughs> we talk in harmony too. Yeah, it <laughs> it's a big problem. Now, now seeing it, yeah. we yawn in harmony. We talk in harmony. Yeah, <laughs> at least seven of our laughs that we've laughed this afternoon have. So at this point, we've learned Jonathan's name because an Inca mummy girl, Cory says, "Thank you, Jonathan," mm-hmm. but still, he's not. He's just a guy who occasionally shows up and gets attacked. I like I, it. I kind of want to play that character. Yeah. It just seems like fun. <laughs> I love the episode where he was just like a superhero and a movie star. Oh, I love and, that. Oh, that's a great I one. love that one. You mean like how Danny Strong is now? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Who would think this guy would grow to... He wrote The Butler, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or the screenplay of it. He wrote the screenplay for The Butler, Jonathan. Yeah. To- yeah, Danny Strong yeah. is like a, a really hot playwright. Not playwright, um, screenwriter right now. Yeah. He wrote that. He wrote once, Game right? Chain for HBO. Yeah. Yeah, we met him once uh, at a supper club in L.A. Nice guy. Oh, awesome. That's, That's cool. awesome. He's really lovely. It seems like he would be. He, do, I do kind of just want to hang out with him. Yeah, he's one like, <laughs> and that's like my my. I feel like one of my biggest compliments to um, movie stars is like. Do I feel like I just kind of want to hang out with you? Yeah, I just kind of want to hang out with yeah, you. Like, there are cool. certain movies where it's like, I like your work. I don't want to get She enough. says that all the time. Right? I just want to hang Anne Hathaway. I just want to hang. I just want to hang, man. This is good drink. Yeah. Chill at the bar. That's, I mean, that's a compliment because that doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily apply to everyone. There are certain people like, no, I'm all right. Yeah. Like, I don't need to meet you. I'm a lot more smoother in my head than in real life. <laughs> in real life, I just tell him to go, like, go talk to them and tell them to come say hi to me. You know how many B-list celebrities I had to go get a nap for her? <laughs> <laughs> like Nicole Kidman, I think she's beautiful and amazing. I can't yes. see myself sitting down and having a beer with her. No, that would be Even weird. a fancy no. glass of wine. I don't think that would work. No. I feel like you'd run out of conversation very quickly with Nicole Kidman, and you'd both just be sitting there awkwardly. But, like, um... Hunger Games girl. What's her name? Jennifer Lawrence? Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence. I feel like it'd be like, shots? Oh, yeah. Shots. Oh, yeah. She's crazy. Yeah. She's good. Uh, I can never think of his name. Mercutio, Romeo and Juliet. Yes. 
Yeah. I don't know his name. Harold Perrineau. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I just want to hug I'll, him. I just want to, I've been wanting to hang with him since I was like little. I'll see, <laughs> I'll see him like on Oz or something. I think he was on Oz. Just, like, just high five like me you. and I can die happy. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> After Jonathan is attacked, Buffy and Xander follow him to the Mother Bazaar. <laughs> Buffy goes in search of a weapon, but is intercepted by the Gorge Brothers. They end up having to work together to fend off the pod people. But then they kind of don't. But then they kind of don't. I, I mean, yeah. I like the idea that, like, we have to work. We're enemies, but yeah. we have to work together. It just, it lasts for about two seconds. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like another thing where maybe if you had more time, this would be worth it. If it was like an episode where the Bazaar is in, uh, introduced really early and it just kind of like becomes Buffy fighting against the Bazaar. But she ends up having to team up with this vampire because there's everybody else's these Bazaar things. And they're like the only people that aren't affected. It's like these two vampires and Buffy, and they have to try to figure it out before they all die. That would be a fun episode. Two seconds of that is kind of a neat idea that's just squandered. It's also really lucky for Buffy that the Gorge Brothers don't just decide, I'm going to eat the pod people. Yeah. Done. Mm. <laughs> like, they just happen. Or, it, like, even just kill. Just snap yeah. the necks. They're just like, no. Or the, they, just... they both just kind of, like, push Buffy and, and run. Yeah. Like, it just it happens to work out really well. Yeah. The way that they wanted to. So Xander has this big plan, which is to stalk Cordelia and steal her eggs. <laughs> right? <laughs> hmm. That's it. Just, he's got like, I got an idea. Play along. Yeah. And then he just follows Cordelia and takes her eggs away from her, which, by the way, doesn't work. Yeah. All right. Very weird. Tector Gorch gets eaten by Mama Bazaar, which Lyle blames Buffy for. She gets dragged into the Bazaar hole, but brings along her trusty pickaxe. Mm-hmm. Old picky. You're laughing at Bazaar hole? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As someone who has a speech impediment that has to do with R's, Bazaar hole is like the hardest Bizarre thing for me to say. Bazaar hole. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't get any less funny every time you say it. Bazaar hole. So this is well done. While Buffy is in this hole, we hear the background noise of her killing this thing. And just, like, the reactions of people around. Like, everything stops. We don't necessarily see the action. She emerges covered in black goo Mm -hmm. and looking totally badass. Lyle Gortz runs away, realizes that this is is not a bitch to mess with. Yeah. I like that afterwards, uh, Giles is kind of... Immediately spreading the Gaslink story, even though he doesn't know what happened. It's like, Gaslink, Gaslink? Okay, Gaslink. When in doubt, PCP and Gaslink. <laughs> mm-hmm. The men in black excuse. Yes, the swamp gas had, like, yep. reflected off Venus light. Yeah, yeah. there's a, He's a weather balloon somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the pod people wake up with no memory of what happened. But Joyce does remember that Buffy wasn't in the library, mm-hmm. so now she's double-grounded. <laughs> that was really unreasonable. Like, she would have been in trouble if she had been in the library, at least as far as Joyce is concerned. But yeah. you're going to be mad at her for not being there, and I feel like she was kind of making up for all that parenting that she didn't do in Ted, like I said <laughs> earlier. Fair, yeah. She, she was just coming down on Buffy. I'm like, Joyce, you're being unreasonable right Yeah, now. I would prefer you be passed out due to a gas leak than <laughs> right. um, have... Not followed my directions. Yeah. You disobeyed yeah. me, but you're safe, so I'm happy. We'll forget about that. No. No, you're double grounded. It's like, you're already grounded. <laughs> she, she's, yeah, it's silly. I do like that she gets around the grounding by making out with Angel through the, the window. window. Uh, 
She's technically not breaking the rules. It's oh. cute. I like it. I've earned it. She has earned it. Yeah, yeah. She stopped with Zor. Come on. She saved, saved everybody. <laughs> she did research. Yeah. Shit's hard. Mm-hmm. She fought a vampire that was really unreasonable and the giant monster. So, yeah. Wearing a bad cowboy hat. Boom. The thing. Gorge Brothers. So, what's the lesson in bad eggs? Don't have children. <laughs> yeah. no. Ding, 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 ding. You are correct, sir. Always boil boil your eggs for the full 20 minutes. Yep. Yep. Good lesson. That's what I got. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, this episode just feels very scattershot to me where it's it doesn't know what it wants to say. It just kind of says a little bit about a lot of things, but nothing really. I really think it, it's exactly what I said, that they had... They had an idea for one episode that they didn't think they could make into a full one. They had mm-hmm. an idea for a second one, and they just smushed them. Yeah. Smush. And then you had the bad eggs cake. Yep. And it's watchable. Not great. It's like a fruit cake. Yep. Well, Sorry. I, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, I, I really... This episode is always actually better than my memory upon mm. watching it. Because, it's, I mean, it's got some good moments. It's got some funny moments. Yeah, it, I think good. the humor makes it watchable. Like, there's some good humor moments, a couple, a couple decent character moments, but it's no it, I Robot yeah. You Jane. It's no puppet show. It's certainly no Go Fish, even yeah. to bring it to season two. Yeah, uh, I always put it in the same category as Go Fish, but no, 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 uh, no. Yeah, it's these are episodes that made me not go back to season two and watch. It felt kind of loose. Yeah, the story. Watch. Well, the only reason I would ever go back to season two is just yeah, just just because Alex and Hannigan's really pretty. So <laughs> that's what I always <laughs> get out of that. <laughs> Wait, that's the only reason you go back to season two as a whole? Mostly. Really? Huh? I mean, and jealous. Sp- Spike and Drew. Oh, see, oh yeah, yeah. yeah see, he hasn't seen these in so long. <laughs> it's been so long. We haven't gotten to the really good ones yet. Yeah. Next, the next yeah. episode after this, Angelus loses his soul. Well, no, yeah. but yeah, no, it, naughty, yeah. naughty Spike. Like, oh, the Drew still. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So just edit that out. That never happened. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't real life. So yeah, yeah, like the first half of season two, while so much better than season one. Yes. Yeah. It's still finding its footing. Yeah, yeah. and there's still like stray episodes. I think in any any show where it's kind of you're you're where you have monster of the week type stuff, it's a lot easier to have like just random episodes that don't work. Sure. As well. Yeah. So would you guys be ready to go international? <gasps> yes. Uh-huh. International man of mystery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For the international title roundup, we are Buffy Tapaja Vampirit. Ernie Dragon das Rhein Fleisch Canoe. Rifle International. Okay, so unfortunately, I did not find anything good for Ted. Pairs that Ted is a universal <laughs> name, all <laughs> languages, even the German and the Finnish. It's just Ted. I wish it Robot. translated like Ted in Finnish means. <laughs> like grocery store. Douchey like, robot. Yeah. <laughs> Taste my cookies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that oh, that's kind of dirty. I don't do that. Yeah. This is just a naughty podcast. Happens. Now, thankfully, there are some good uh, international titles for uh, bad eggs. Uh, Germany does let us down, though. That one just stays bad eggs. Mm. But the Finnish one is In the Grip of Evil. Wait, in the grip, like your hand? In the grip of no. evil. No, why? The little Generic. Creature. Maybe the little creature's kind of clamped on. on your... 
Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the, the face they... hugger yeah. on your yeah. back. It's like a weird element to focus on. No. That'd be like if, if the Ted one was called Bad Cookies. Like <laughs> better. That's better than In the Grip of... Because that could be any Buffy episode. Yeah, that's yeah. True. It could be any... Yeah, really. Hatching any Buffy or Angel episode or something. Doctor Who episode. No. Um, but the winner of this uh, round of International Title Roundup, I have to give to the French title... Surprise eggs. All right. <laughs> Man, they just like went all out on that title. It <laughs> yeah. also Surprise seems eggs. like it fits in more with like the the pregnancy aspect of it. Surprise eggs. They're fertilized. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess bad eggs would fit in with that yep. too. Well, it's a lot more cheerful sounding. Surprise eggs. Yeah. <laughs> It's fine. What do you know? It's fine. So, the eggs, they spot the little demon creature. So what? C'est la vie. <laughs> Surprise. Oh, why did, why did you not do the whole podcast in that voice? Right? I do not know. It's, it's, it, I just, I lit up a cigarette right now and it happened. Maybe I will talk like this for the rest of the podcast. It's a fun, it's a fun thing, you know. Disappointed <laughs> 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 oh. with you is what we're saying. You let us down. <laughs> Start over. Sorry, I'm Vanch. It's what we do. Uh, anything else anyone would like to say about bad eggs? No. So I don't think I'd watch it again so soon. But... It looks like a creepy spider, so I don't yeah. like it. <laughs> it scares out. me. They're definitely based on the facehuggers oh, and the yeah. aliens. Like that, I, I'm not even joking around. They just oh. look at facehuggers. Yeah. They're, they're tramp stamp huggers. Yeah. <laughs> tramp stamp huggers. And it's summer, so Everything. it's summer right now. There are a whole bunch of creepy crawlies in my room, and I just, I don't need to be reminded. Uh, <laughs> right? <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Now I'm gonna go search in my apartment for some. Thanks. Can't avoid. Maybe you might slay them. Nah. Uh, nah. Yes. No. I will because so Chris is a much better person than I am, and he doesn't like killing things, mm-hmm. including bugs. Like he's so nice that Aww. he doesn't like killing spiders or centipedes or anything else that happens to live in our apartment. I do not feel this way. <laughs> I would, he's the person I would like to be. <laughs> On my braver know, days, so I take nice. a spider out. If I, on my braver days, I'll put a cup over no. it and I'll take it out. Most of the times, no. I'll just pull the can away. <laughs> no, murder that bitch. Die. <laughs> I don't feel like being nice today. You're dead. I maintain that it's the Darwinism thing that if you are invading my home, it comes down to survival of the fittest, yes. and I win because it's my home. Exactly. You are trespassing. <laughs> <laughs> I feel threatened. <laughs> so now it's time to celebrate Buffy's badassery with this week's Slay of the Week. Well, I think it's kind of slim pickings because a lot of the kind of the vampire slays are more in the background. Mm-hmm. So my one, I think, has to go to the Bazaar Mama because I think it's really cool. That's kind of off screen, and you just like know that Buffy's doing something really badass. With the bazaar, and then she pops out. That's pretty cool. We actually chose the same one. We we were, like, looking at each other's notes this whole time. We kind of talked about it before, but Giles. Yeah. He pulled, he like you said, Ripper. He rips that arrow out and (laughs) puts it in the vampire's heart. I don't think they Pretty sexy. Yeah. (laughs) They don't really, Giles' character. See, I'm getting support here. Giles is sexy. He's kind of. No, he he changes like yeah. his character development. He's kind of a uptight stiff in the first couple seasons, but by the time like season five rolls around, he's Ripper. You know, he has that pass. Is he's singing mm-hmm. behind blue eyes, and he's just you know he is pretty good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, that was the first little taste of it when he takes that arrow, he just rips it out and 
shoves it in the vamp's heart. It's like, yeah. That is pretty badass. Bad, yeah. That's that badassery right there. So it's interesting, Mike, that you did not choose the Giles sleigh because I did as well. Ah. So of all the people to not choose <laughs> Giles slaying the vamp. Here's why, because I am, uh, unlike you guys, I am more upset by the uh, stab in the heart that's not really the heart. That's what that's what kind of that went out for me. You're such a stickler. Solo- yeah. <laughs> I mean, we have established this is like this is a problem. <laughs> There's a lot of vampires with horrible diseases. Yeah, you've got a heart throat and you've got heart solar plexus. Well, I almost picked that one just because Buffy was like pounding the guy and it was hilarious. <laughs> it's like yeah. I can relate. I've been mad before. He deserved I'm it. Pounding the guy. Oh god. And- <laughs> I said what I said. <laughs> It was really his pillow. Because <laughs> that's not until... Oh, we're so dirty. But no, that was a very close second for mine, so... I I, I, totally I mean, those know. are the two really big slates. Yeah. The, it was a close race oh, yeah. this week, I think. Thank you for tuning in to the Sunnydale Stacks. Please like us on Facebook. Twitter and Instagram at Sunnydale Stacks to ask us questions or share your own opinions and memories about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher... And join us next time when we dust off surprise and innocence when we get lost in the Sunnydale Stacks. This is a naughty podcast.